the Enthrall Sessions, the Icon Trilogy, Perfume Girl and Pervade London, which just went live on Amazon a couple of weeks ago. Other exciting news, my other romance novel, Perfume Girl, just came out as an audiobook narrated by Jason Clark and Lucy Rivers, and I'm super excited about that. I hope you'll check it out. This podcast is part of Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and I'm proud to be part of this wonderful group of authors and podcasters. This week's guest is Mary Catherine Gebhard. She's lived in Salt Lake City, Utah, all her life, and began writing at a very young age, and knew right away she wanted to be an author. She's known for her books like Elastic Heart, You Owe Me, and Tide, along with the hate story duet, a retelling of Beauty and the Beast. As always, she brings a special brand of brave alphas who will stop at nothing for the women they love. Her recent novel, Skater Boy, is garnering phenomenal reviews and is already being held as a reader favourite for the year. Welcome to the Romance Show podcast, Mary Catherine Gebhard. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so happy you could join us, Mary. How's everything going? Really, really good. I'm working on the second book in the Patchwork House series. Hopefully, we'll be done soon. So, oh God, I can't wait to talk to you more about that later in the podcast. The first thing I want to talk to you about and say <laughs> is congratulations on Skater Boy, your new. Thank novel. you. So it just came out. It's getting amazing reviews. It's doing really well. Um, where did the influence come from for this novel? It did come from, it came from a lot of places. Um, the big place was just this, this kind of feeling. So the last book I released before Skater Boy was Beast and it was kind of very dark and twisty. And then Skater Boy is kind of the exact opposite of that. It's very uh, sweet. It's still kind of got that edge, but it's really sweet. Um, I wanted to harness that butterfly feeling like when you're a teenager and you have this crush on a boy and he looks at you and you just like go wild with your imagination and you go home and you just keep thinking of all of these different scenarios like what if I run into him at the mall or like what if next day like we get shoved together in class and none of that ever happens but you just still keep going wild with it and that was kind of the influence the beginning of Skater Boy before I even had like any of the plot drawn out, any of like Patchwork House, any of all of that. I was like, I need, cause like I got obsessed with K-dramas and it really reignited that feeling for me, that old like junior high, high school feeling where I just have this like constant butterflies and like tension and smiles on my face. Oh, so I really, crazy. yeah. We won't say too much, but is this from personal experience? I like a little bit. I feel like a lot of my novels are always a little bit from personal experience. Like the main, like the heroine in the novel, Tweety, her nickname was actually a nickname given to me when I was staying in Korea with a family, like to um, a girl and a boy, a girl, a woman <laughs> and a man <laughs> there, brother and sister. They gave me the nickname Tweety and I was like, this is the cutest name ever. I've never been given this name before. And what was I doing there? Um, so I actually was there researching another book and I haven't, and I, I haven't written that book yet. I just took a bunch of notes because while I was there, 
I got inspiration for Skater Boy and I got inspiration for a lot of other stories that that book kind of fell by the wayside. But so I was there originally last year, I was like writing a Korean hero. And I said, I, I don't really know a ton about, you know, Korean people and I need to research this like head on. I need to be in there. So I took a booked a flight and lived with some people <laughs> and that's why I was there. What was interesting is one of the um, one of your fans questions um, actually is relevant now. So um, it's from Karen. Usually I do this like three quarters of the way into the podcast, but I'm going to ask it now. Um, she says, how important was it for you to have a multicultural representation in your current novel? Skatable. It's important to me, but it's also not the main reason. It's like I don't start out to write a person because I'm like, I need like like I rep I wrote Flip because I was attracted to Flip. I was like, he's hot and therefore he is Taiwanese American. And I do think that we need representation in in romance, in all novels and everything. Um but it's but it's not like the main reason I, I did it. I but I do very much think that we need it because it was. It sounds like it was a very authentic experience for you. Very kind of, um, very natural experience writing this book. You know, it, can, it feels like it flowed for you. I just, I, I just want to add that I feel like the reason that we need representation is because I feel like everyone has so many stories to tell, and I just want to see those stories told. And I think that. I feel I was feeling like I was reading a lot of the same stories or seeing a lot of the same stories and I just want to see more different yeah. stories and I think that's why diversity matters I guess so absolutely love that how long did it take you to write skateable I actually I so I started it in maybe like October um but I also I wrote skater boy and then I wrote a little of patchwork too I wrote like 30,000 and then like uh, 30,000 of patchwork three um so I I wasn't just writing patch one um I'm like, I'm like how long did it take me I don't know I was writing so many other things <laughs> it takes me like four to six months to write a novel but um I've known some authors gosh they can write one in a month I'm I'm always like amazed and in awe of these authors that they just type fast I think that's what it is and I'm so tight yeah like, I feel like I can, like, bang something out in a month, but then I edit it for months and months and months and months. That's where it lies, because it's, like, I banged out Patchwork 1, but, but I mean, Skater 2, Skater Boy, I banged it out in a month, but then, like, the editing process, it's completely different than it was, you know, when I first put it out there, obviously, because it's, like, I always like to say that Flip, there was, like, one iteration of Skater Boy where Flip was a cop, because I was just, like, testing it. I was like, there's something missing. Maybe he should be a cop. And then I was like, this doesn't work at all. Why did I do this? That's what's wonderful, I always feel, about the writing process is it evolves and it, there's room to move and there's room to kind of um, expand and then come cut back and pull, pull back. 
So, um, and also the characters, sometimes I get halfway through the book, I don't know about you, and then the character kind of starts talking to me and telling me, and, and I feel them, I feel them, it's kind of a stronger experience and relationship with character, and I get to know them a lot better, and therefore I have to start writing from the beginning again, because I've got their personality down. Mm -hmm. um, I'm over here nodding, I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a warm up. Um, yeah. So you just launched the novel. Tell me what that experience is like releasing a novel for you. Because we released our books very close together. So we're both kind of just off the tail end of that. It was, this time it was actually, it was very exciting. And um, I think this was, it was the best one emotionally for me. I was, it, a lot of the times when I release a book, I get very, I sometimes I get very like sad, but not, not because I feel like I failed, but almost, I don't know. It's just like, it's, you know, it's so hard putting your book out there and having it judged and people read it and all of that. And this time I didn't focus on any negative things. I was just focusing on all the positive things. And so this was the first time that I feel like I did it, uh, had a very good release just because I only focused on positive things. And I was like, oh, I hope I can do this for every release. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's fabulous, especially when it's being so well received. It's a lovely feeling because uh, sometimes very rare, you know, a few people are reading our book before we actually release it to the world. Isn't that right? And mm -hmm. You're letting it go. That, my little Sherlock dog is outside my door. Um, my husband's meant to be babysitting him dog sitting him and he's growling and scratching so if you can hear any strange noises it's not my stomach it's my dog it's my dog <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, I digress um so tell me uh what are you working on now did you say you're working on second patchwork book yes I'm working on the second one and I'm hoping I'll have that I'm going to Taiwan in like a week or two weeks and I'm really hoping I have that finished before, before then, at least getting it ready to have be beta read. <laughs> but I'm such a perfectionist that it's like, even if I give myself a deadline, I'm like, if it's not perfect, I'm not like, going to release it to anyone. And so we'll see. <laughs> but I also, I'm also really, I wrote this young adult novel a year ago, and I'm really hoping to finish that soon. I'm just trying to make time to write it it's like almost ready so how do you do that when you're writing two projects at the same time I actually um have always kind of written multiple stories at once um because sometimes I get bored writing one just one and so I'll flip to the other one gosh I don't think I could do that <laughs> you know, for me that my characters are with me constantly and then to have another bunch of characters in my head I think it might send me a little loopy. How do you how do you manage that? How do you balance that? You know what's funny is when you said it might make me loopy. I'm over here like I am. I'm a loopy person. I'm kind of a loopy person. I have so many like different, like I have so many just different ideas popping into my head all the time. And the challenge for me is to focus on one. So when I wrote my first novel and I actually finished it, it was a very big day for me because I actually I sat down and I finished it. Yeah. So yeah oh my gosh that's just that's just fabulous writing to another i'm so jealous um i want to talk to you about your hate story duet beauty and the beast 
um, it's kind of a take on Beauty on the Beast. It's a different take. Tell us about that. That one, it's a, it's a very dark story. I always tell people that if they can read the first chapter, they can probably read the whole, the rest of it. Cause the first chapter is really dark and dirty. Um, it started out as a short story that I wrote under a pen name that I've since retired. And I just, I wanted to explore what it feels like to fall in love with somebody that you hate. And so I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I wrote all, I, I started, I wrote it out first, like hating him. So you feel her hate him. And then you start feeling her like kind of starting to love him and it's, they communicate through sex too. So it's one of, it's one of my favorite ones. Like he's still, Anteros is the hero and he's, he's like kind of my ideal guy, even though he's awful, but in the best way. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm trying to censor myself a little bit because it's a, it's a, dark story and it's like non-con and it starts off with like a dubious consent scene and so I don't know how much of this story I can go into. Um, <laughs> we have a, a lot of listeners who are huge fans of Pepper Winters and she writes very, I mean she was a guest last time on the romance show and she writes some pretty dark stuff and there's a lot of readers who feel like they can connect to these kind of characters and relate in many ways and I think it's that, that we're exploring our own dark side or I think so too and I was I was reading this um story what was it Sam Sam Mariano the the oh, I can't remember what it was but it starts off it was very popular the book was very popular and it starts off with like a bully scene where she's on like they force her on her knees and he makes her do a, a, a blow job and I'm sitting here reading this, like getting really into it. My husband looks over at me and he's like, what are you reading? I explain it to him and he gets this look on his face, like, why are you into that? And, and I, oh, and I think about this all the time. I always wonder why there's this big dark romance resurgence and why and I and then I like to think about how because you know there's the me too movement and dark romance is becoming big and I definitely think those are linked and because we're exploring like it's like we're taking back the control that we don't have and I and it's always and dark romance is so interesting to me because if my husband it's it's kind of a, you know a double standard because my husband were reading that I would almost be like, why are you reading that? Because for me, I'd almost, it would, I would think he was reading it from the point of view of, you know, the man pushing her down. But for me, I'm reading it as the girl being pushed down. And, I, I and would, yeah, I'd also say that what we're reading, it's like art. You don't necessarily do that in your real life. Like of yeah, of course not, right? <laughs> you removed. So what we, what we do is we sometimes push ourselves creatively uh, through literature, art, um, which might be sometimes shocking and sometimes it's something so visceral that it kind of wakes you up from your daily humdrum. But, yes. you know, it's not something that you would find in and, your life. So it's, it's kind of a private creative side to it. And I think there is a certain, like, 
beauty and the absurd and the disgusting and being pushed to an extreme like that because I always like finding books that are I like seeing how far I can be pushed in literature and how like and what my limits are because I did read a book and I was like I guess that's a limit for me it was kind of it was pretty kind of gross and I did not like it <laughs> and I was like okay that's a limit but I also but I appreciated the author being able to write that honestly because it was kind of gross and I'm a bit squeamish, even though I was a nurse for many years, I'm a little squeamish. And once I start doing things like that, certain things, I'm like, oh, I'm out, yeah. Um, but I do read dark romance, I have my limits. So, so what, you, what is your advice to, to other writers? If you were to give them any advice that you think would help a, a new author's career, what would that be? I would say to ask for help, honestly, because I didn't ask for help until a lot, like until a couple years into it, because I had this foolish thought that if I asked another author or a reader or a blogger for help, that they might think that I didn't know what I was doing, which I didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> but then they would equate that with my writing being bad and they would think that I was a bad writer and they wouldn't want to read my books. And it took me so much longer to get like, to like figure things out. But, and I still, and now I still ask for help. I like to ask for help anywhere because we don't, we can't know everything that we're doing. Like we can't, there are people who are always going to know more than us. Um, but I was just so afraid to ask for help in the beginning because I just was really worried people would think that I was a bad writer if I did. I think it's, and also I think when I, I look back to when I released my first book, I think it was 2013. Um, uh, that's my first romance. I was writing vampire books before that, and it's a completely different, um, I would say, landscape, writing and author and indie landscape before then. Um, it was almost like the just before Amanda Hocking took off on, on Amazon and I, I was right there. I was like, oh, I was right there. Only I went with an indie publisher um, and it kind of wasn't as what it could have been. But, um, you know, looking back, as I came into the romance community, it I always say it was like stepping under a dome, um, one of those clear domes and you're like, mm -hmm. God the whole community and everybody is so incredibly welcoming. Everybody wants to lift everybody else. And authors are remarkable at helping each other. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like a really wonderful environment, I think. And we do welcome new authors and um, because someone was there for us. So, you know, it's like paying it forward. So yeah. you know, I think it's fabulous that, you know, we can share today. Um, do ask for help. There's also professionals out there that are really reasonable uh, to hire to help you out, like personal assistants or mm -hmm. uh, blog tour companies that will really get you your book in the hands of readers and bloggers. And, and yeah, and there are like readers too who are going to help you, and they'll do it for free, like beta readers and stuff, and they're going to do it for free. And I always like feel like you should send them. <laughs> Anyway, it's just like they're gonna do it for you and they're gonna help you and they're gonna give you like great insight and I'm just I want to like go back and kick myself and be like ask for help <laughs> ask for help you don't know what you're doing oh no I think you've done amazing I'm really <laughs> excited for you um, you're doing wonderfully and I'm so excited about your new novel because I love you know I've seen the reviews I've seen how excited people are for you one reviewer was like this is the best book of 2019 so um, and those reviews blow me away. 
something about us that we don't know? About me? Mm. Or like, I don't know, like what? I don't know about what, <laughs> sorry. Something about you that we couldn't find online. Is there something that you'd want to share with us? Maybe something, you, a place you once worked? Or, I mean, you sound like you're well-traveled. I love that. I really, I mean, I hope to be. It's one of my dreams to be well-traveled. I'm like, what don't I put online? Ooh, I'm one of those people who's like, <laughs> I just went to the store. Everyone needs to know. No. <laughs> yeah. I need to do that more. It's, I feel like it's kind of a bad habit at this point, too. Um, because I, I, I don't have, like, a, I don't have a ton of, like, in real life friends. Um, I guess maybe not everyone knows that I used to play World of Warcraft and I was really good at it. That's amazing. <laughs> so I used to like raid and everything. That's really interesting. <laughs> There's storytelling in these games, I'm told. God, I sound old. I shouldn't have said <laughs> I used to I used to play it because I used to um I'm still I'm still kind of sick. Like I still have a a couple of chronic illnesses but I used to be really sick in high school and junior high and uh one year in high school I took off and just was home all year because I was sick and that's like difficult when you're a high school student who wants to socialize so I just played World of Warcraft all the time and when you can play World of Warcraft for like eight hours a day you get pretty good at it <laughs> yes you do you probably be you know you probably make millions on there gamers on youtube just playing these games and re reaping in the millions that's right no i'm like if only it was a couple years later i could have started some kind of subscription service or something so do you have any signing events coming up any author signing events this year something next the well, the next one i have is in october at love in vegas Oh, fabulous. I want to go to that one. I'm going to Shameless. So, But you're going to be at Love in Vegas in October. So if you're listening to that and you want to get a signed book, you know where to get that for Mary. And Mary, do you have any message for your fans? Um, I always like talking to readers. Uh, you can find me in my reader group and Get Hard. And I feel like we have a lot of fun there. And yeah, I, I always like talking to readers and I feel like people say that, but I'm like, I do talk to me. I have no friends. No. <laughs> like we're so isolated sometimes. It's lovely to <laughs> our beloved readers and become our friends. Yeah. This, like you said, this community is so great and it's just, it's, it's awesome. It's so wonderful. And the books that are put out indie or I feel like I pretty much exclusively read indie now just because I love all the stories that indie writers put out yeah me too I read a lot of indie books I love them mm -hmm. I, know, I always feel that they can sometimes be a little riskier they that's what I love though I love the I love the risk like the riskiness it's like and I like being mentally tortured a little bit I'm a bit of like a mental masochist so and I feel like indie authors will take those risk those risks that you can't do trad sometimes. Yeah, that's true. It's true. They, they kind of move outside the usual tropes and things and genres. Um, I think as long as we're keeping those happy ever afters at the end of the book, for me, that's so important. Um, yeah. I, I, I agree that that is important for um, 
romance but I also always say I'm like if you kill people off at the end that's like my favorite oh my, <laughs> my favorite I I love it I love Romeo and Juliet I love all of the Romeo and Juliet like spinoffs that came from that and I almost don't feel fulfilled if they get a happily ever after fascinating that's fascinating like the last like last year I didn't publish anything and that's because I was just writing a bunch of tragedies and I was like I don't know what I'm gonna do with my tragedies because they're not romance but I just was killing people and like I was just writing love stories where everyone died or had bittersweet endings and because they're my favorite I love them like Moulin Rouge, Romeo and Juliet, you know the notebook, a walk to remember can't everyone just die in the end? <laughs> I think there is a calling for that, definitely. And it, I just think, I don't mind that being called romance, but I know a lot of um, people uh, need to have the HEA if they're going to be a romance book. So, and I respect I didn't learn that until I like, was sucked into this community. I thought romance was just people falling in love. And then I was like, oh, okay, you'll get your head chopped off if you call, if you call that romance. I won't do that anymore. <laughs> no, we'll do well. We'll give them, they've worked, I always feel they've worked so hard for it throughout the book. And I'm like, here's your, here's your HEA, happy ever after. Mary, thank you so much for joining mm-hmm. the romance show. We feel so lucky that you're able to come on and chat with us and tell us more about your book. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So guys, Skater Boy is available. You can go and snap that up now. Thank you for listening to the Romance Show podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, we'd love you to give us a like on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to my wonderful producer, Pam Stack. And remember, Perfume Girl, the audiobook just went live. I'm grateful to all of you. Thank you for all your wonderful messages. Come into the Romance Lounge, Vanessa Fuentes' Romance Lounge, if you want to chat with me. Um, and what's your romance... Uh, what's your lounge called um, on Facebook, Mary? Oh, it's uh, Get Hard with Mary Catherine Gebhard. Which so if you want I'm to like, <laughs> sorry, keep going. No, go in there if you want to chat with Mary. Um, <laughs> to sign up for my newsletter, you can sign up for her newsletter. Just visit our websites. And that's it for now. Keep your books open and your hearts cold.